0: in a world the year 2023 hello everyone bry the movie guy here and i will not be with co-host extraordinaire cody this episode um because this episode is about the movie event of the summer known as barbenheimer weekend and my co-host has not seen either film yet, so he is ineligible for this podcast. Sorry, buddy. Um, But I will have random people coming in and out of this review episode to get their thoughts on what could be one of the most historical movie events in the past 20 years of films. Or, I, I don't know. Like It's been a huge weekend, and I'm recording this the Thursday after Barmenheimer Weekend's release because... Uh, yeah, there's a lot to digest. There was a lot to think about. And I want to get other people's perspectives. I want to hear it fresh so there could be discussions had of these films because wow. Um, what a weekend it is. But here it is, folks. This is Barbenheimer. Hello everyone, Brian the Movie Guy here and welcome back to In A World Films What If Podcast and we are in after the credits. That's right, it's our review episodes where we stay on our universe and our universe, our world, and we talk about the movies that we know and love today. So yeah, the review episodes. Anyway, um, as the intro would have told you, we are talking about Barbenheimer today. I will be joined by different guests. That, um, I recorded, uh, quick little interviews with them about their thoughts of certain movies. And so, um, during this episode, you'll hear from different people. I'm going to try to get Joey on here. Um, uh, my buddy Brock, I'm going to see if I can get him on here for, to share some quick thoughts on, cause I know he did the Barbenheimer, uh, experience as well. So, um, yeah, but man. Okay. So. 721 2023 will forever be infamous as Barbenheimer weekend. The start of Barbenheimer weekend is the release of both Barbie and Oppenheimer. It is the movie event of 2023. It is it's the release of two clear mega blockbuster movies of the summer, both by highly acclaimed directors and writers, both very much a study about character, a journey of one's self-discovery. These movies were deemed for greatness well before their initial release, with neither company budgeting on that release date of 721 23. Um, Nolan saw it, uh, Greta saw it, and they were like, let's do it. Um, so, as I was saying though, this is the same day release of both Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. 7:21:23 23 will forever be known as barbenheimer day folks i mean i can't stress that enough because the phenomenon is real okay so as i'm recording this as i said it's the thursday after barbenheimer weekend it is july 27th and this movie has made some money okay um and it's opening weekend alone for barbie at least um it made over 155 million dollars. Um, that was way above expectations. They were expecting 100 million dollars, but not 155 million dollars. And Oppenheimer, same thing. A lot of analysts were saying generously 50 million, but it debuted with 80 million dollars, and just it's a huge deal because just wow. And so far, um, as I'm recording, I know that Barbie is on its way to becoming. One of the quickest movies to gain $500 million, which is, this might be, Barbie might be a billion dollar movie, folks, and I, I don't know if it's the cultural significance of Barbenheimer. Like, Barbenheimer is a phenomenon. Like, it's, this is what the episode is about. It is the focus of this, because we are going to talk about both movies. Oppenheimer, which was phenomenal. I cannot stress that enough before we get into spoiler territory and Barbie was it was good and fun in a different way it was great but it was there's something about it that that really holds it back for me so during this episode uh as i said in the introduction i'm going to be bringing in people i'm hopefully gonna be able to stop some folks after their movie if they feel interested uh just maybe blind interviews that might be fun i don't know i'm trying something new with this episode uh it's been a while since i've been able to record um i miss recording and i miss the podcast so i'm glad to be here with you guys right now and talking about these movies okay so uh before we go into the whole uh review territory and talking about these films in depth let's talk about some what ifs for the films because that's what this podcast is it is the what if podcast it's a film what if podcast excuse me uh i don't have a lot of oppenheimer uh what ifs but the one i do have is that sam mendez originally opted the rights to uh american prometheus which is the biography that nolan based his film on and in and it said it as his follow up. It was said as his follow up to Jarhead, which came out in 2005. But his, uh, his iteration of it never got off the ground. And so he moved on to do Revolutionary Road with, uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio in 2008. So that was the only, like, what if I could find? I did hear something recently. Wait, no, that's about Barbie, never mind. But, I, okay, let's get into the Barbie what-ifs, because there are actually a few, because it kind of goes through this weird cinematic journey. Um, to get started, this all starts all the way back in 2009. Uh That is when it went through multiple... It just... The project went through multiple different iterations from there. Uh It went through three different studios, and it was originally, funny enough, a Universal Picture... Which, it's funny because Christopher Nolan, who directed Oppenheimer, uh, was known as Warner uh, Warner Brothers guy. Like, all of his movies was Warner Brothers movies. But then, after the whole 2020 um, HBO Max same day release as theaters, uh, he was really against that. So, he went on to go to Universal Pictures, and that's who released Oppenheimer, and Warner Brothers released Barbie. So, it's just kind of, kind of film nerd shit. Um, anyway, so... After five years of development at Universal, though, it moved on to Sony Pictures. They took over in 2014. Uh, Jenny Bix was hired on as a screenwriter, but was replaced by uh, Diablo Cody uh, the following year. Um, in December 2016, Amy Schumer entered negotiations to star as Barbie. Um, and also, as well as rewrite the screenplay, along with um, Kim Carpenter. Uh, carmel i'm bad with names folks you all know this um but then schumer exited the project in 2017 when it was uh where it was announced that uh althea jones would direct it and then olivia milch would write and anne hathaway would lead the role but then you know shit happened along the way uh sony's option actually expired in october of 2018 and the project was transferred to Warner Brothers where the project would finally make progression and become a film after uh, Margot Robbie came on board as the title role. And as an executive producer, asked Greta Gerwig to write the film. And then as Greta Gerwig uh, was writing the film, she loved the script so much, she went to Margot Robbie and said, hey, can I direct this thing? And then um, she would go on to send her... Uh, clear influences that were slammed right into the film, and so, yeah, so, those are the only what-ifs I got, um, let's get into, um, actually, let's, let's talk some more, uh, box office numbers real quick, because, like, man, it's just, let me actually refresh my information here, because I have, uh, have an old news article up, let's look up most recent news here. Um. Doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. Okay, so a day ago it was posted that Barbie crossed the two hundred million dollar mark, and uh, okay, on globally five hundred million. Okay, so we're all up to date on that stuff. So yeah, Oppenheimer though, Oppenheimer is doing things that um was unexpected because this isn't. Oppenheimer is not a movie for everyone. It is definitely a bunch of men in rooms talking a lot. But Christopher Nolan is such a masterful masterful filmmaker. He makes everything interesting with Oppenheimer. And God, if I don't love this movie so much. It was so good. And, um... Yeah, it also is, um... Okay, it is reported a day ago that uh, Oppenheimer uh, is becoming is surpassing two hundred million worldwide in just its five days of release. So that is a big deal for that film. And um, man, I can't tell you how much I love this movie. Um, I, w- I will get into as you, if you follow me on Instagram, you have already seen my Christopher Nolan ranking. But as I've stated many times, I have fluid rankings because. You know, some days, uh, Goodfellas is my all-time favorite movie. Some days, it's uh, Pulp Fiction. Some days, it's Blade Runner. Sometimes, it's Ghostbusters. It's just how I roll, folks. Um, (laughs) But enough of that. I do want to get other people's opinions. My buddy Joey, who's been on the podcast, who did Asteroid City with me, he's actually sitting in Barbie right now. I'm hoping to stop him after the movie um, he is with his lady friend, so maybe, because I would like to get a female's perspective on the Barbie film. So maybe I can stop them real quick and get a uh, few quick words with them. We'll find out. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the reviews, shall we? Okay, so I have stopped Joey and Taya. All right. First try. I have stopped Joey and Taya here after watching Barbie, and this is Joey's second time watching it. And is this your first then? Mm -hmm. All right. How do you, how do you feel about the movie? I loved it. You loved it. Okay. Um, what okay because so, i have some questions cult classic cult classics i i will have some questions that maybe i could get a female's perspective about yeah because there's some things in the middle that maybe i'm just looking at it through my white male gaze and that's what i'm gonna need help with right right <laughs> but um okay so we're talking about barbie here and like oppenheimer one of the first things i noticed about it was the production value mm. Um, she obviously is a big fan of musicals, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And, uh, I think it works for this movie because... How are you about cussing? I don't care. Okay, holy shit! (laughs) I was gonna say, dude, I was gonna say... Oh yeah, just spoilers. Okay. Uh, I, I was gonna say, that. the part where he finds out about like patriarchy and like the grease part, and then later it comes up and like was, the Ken song because they were all like... Mm-hmm. I just and, like, love that a beach off is a music off, essentially. Yeah. And then like everything that happens during a beach battle is <laughs> is like if the Rugrats did Saving Private Ryan.
1: <laughs> Ryan, dude. It's
0: wonderful. It's great. And how do you feel about Ryan Gosling best supporting an actor? Oh, Oscar he nomination. Win, he needs to win. He was the best part of the movie. Right. I, I just he was so fucking funny. I was very partial with Alan. Oh yeah. And Michael Cera. Like Alan. Alan <laughs> yeah, when Alan. when he started fighting, I was like, that's all Michael Sarah right there. That's Scott Pilgrim oh, Scott right Pilgrim. there. <laughs> <laughs> I was not upset with that at all. He's just like, hey guys, I just yeah. I love it. As soon as they figure out how to build that wall, oh, uh, sideways. sideways instead of up, we're in so trouble. Funny. So we gotta get a run for it. <laughs> I just. Michael Cera was great, dude. He was great. Um, so, okay. So, let's talk about Barbenheimer as a whole. I did it, man. You did it. Okay. So, I did it. You did it. Um, and it's, uh, like, I, w- how? How did this happen? We had, first, we i <laughs> it. Because, first of all, it's made almost, it's made over... Oppenheimer has now made over 200 million worldwide. Okay. Barbie has an a- is almost made 500 million worldwide. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. It's going to be a billion dollar movie. It has to be. It has to be. Um I think what okay, let's talk in terms of I read this list earlier and it was a bunch of things that Mattel <laughs> is supposedly about to get started on. How do you feel about an 8 ball movie? An 8 movie That was on the list, an eight ball movie. I, I saw <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em it's... Robots, but I've just thought of Real Steel with that. Like that's just Real Steel. Real Steel, yeah, yeah okay. that's Real Steel. So let's get Hugh Jackman in for a sequel. That's sequel all I asked to for. Real Steel. <laughs> yeah, Sean Levy's still. Let's gonna get clover Lang in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> Maybe get some eight, Stranger Things Stranger kids in there because <laughs> they're gonna be fifty by season five. Exactly. And... <laughs> 11's gonna be thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, okay, so this is what I need help with, with the Barbie movie. I love it, but then it gets weird in the middle when mm-hmm. she comes to the world. Right. Does America... Like, okay, this is Greta Gerwig we're talking about. Mm. She's I love Lady Bird. I, I've seen Little Women. Yeah. I love that. I haven't watched a movie she's done that I didn't like. So mm. I know the kind of director she is. Right. But when the speech that America Fira gives as empowering as that speech is supposed to be, am I wrong to think, like, it's preachy? Does it come off, or is that just, again, my white male gaze?
2: <laughs> I think it came off preachy okay. after she did it multiple times.
0: Because, see, that's what what came, okay, this is how I took it after a little bit, and this is where I could be wrong, because, again, mm-hmm. I'm a dude. Right. Is she not a woman telling other women how, what's wrong with their life and this is how they should be?
2: Yeah, that's what I thought about it too. Okay. Like, like, at first it was like, yes, I agree with this. But yeah. she, she was like, she was preaching everything wrong with, like, women in society to all these different Barbies. And I was like, okay, like
0: it just after a while it's just like but shouldn't these isn't the purpose is like finding who they are yeah. supposed to be but then you're I having thought. just one person tell you this is your problem in the world and this is what you are and this is but then but, i was like well it's to barbie so barbie doesn't know right that's true. but at the same time it's why does this one bar? I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's the yeah. part of the movie that gets a little. Oh yeah, you're talking me. about like when they like were like brainwashing them back to becoming okay. Yeah, I missed that. Okay, because that's yeah. that's where I was just like, is it? T- it just feels like you're having someone tell someone like, this is your problem. This is how you need to take care of it. And it's like yeah. that doesn't feel like someone <laughs> trying to say like, like because. I see the Barbie character as someone trying to discover herself throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. Like, I think the most powerful scene is probably the park bench scene. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's experiencing every kind of emotion all at once. And this Mm -hmm. is where, (laughs) while Ken is having an awakening of his own. Best part uh, of the movie. Horses and patriarchy. What's not... Oh, and Matchbox 20. (laughs) Brian, I will push you around and I will, and I will, <laughs> when that beach scene happens. And I, I, at first I thought like, are are we just listening to Ryan Gosling sing? I don't have a problem <laughs> with Ryan Gosling singing. Let me get that straight out. He's phenomenal. Yeah, and, um, but Best song, when, <laughs> Oscars, here we go. But when it's like, they show him first singing to her when they they do the whole, like, we gotta get them to play at their own game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um <laughs> when they started zooming out and all the Kens were lined up with all the other Barbies, I lost great. it for a good five minutes. The drum Ken. The <laughs> drum Ken. Do you know he's um, Bob Marley? He's going to be playing Bob Marley. And I the new just Barley saw the poster. I was like, yeah. I didn't even know they were making a Bob Marley movie. I'm excited for it. I love no Bob way, Marley. No But uh, he, was my, he was my favorite side Ken because he was like, regular ken's like dude the whole movie yeah. like at the very beginning he's like if you got to beach off him you gotta beach through me you gotta beach me off before you beach him off hey, no something. one's beaching each other off. <laughs> i'll beat you off with both hands if i have to <laughs> uh. it's so good and i don't want to it's almost unfair to compare the two films but they're, they're almost so different. They're so different, but they're so much alike in the sense of they're both character studies. You have yeah. both these characters going through these crises in a way. <laughs> right. Very different, though. Right. But, like, I don't want to keep you guys too long because, you know, no, cool. you guys are doing your thing. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh by the way, welcome to the podcast. I'm very eccentric on here and weird sometimes but uh joey's been through it a couple times it's the best podcast in the world <laughs> Instagram. Stop. Yeah. thank you i never i always see people and i'm just like hey, i always want to follow people back but it's like is that cool i that's I why think I, think I, get, really I get i cool. get into my head but now that i know you i'm gonna be like i'm gonna follow her back She's yeah a, you're now exclusive follow back i remember but, getting the, the notification Yes! Yes! And <laughs> <laughs> a world film podcast <laughs> followed me back. But um but <sighs> Oppenheimer might be my favorite film this year. I mean, I'm I'm war- so I have regarded. a lot of secret lists happening on Letterboxd right now, but I always yeah. I've been doing a lot of top tens and like mm. so far this is that has to be number one. It's it yeah. And it's not even for this like barbie is a, if you are want someone if you want to watch a movie that's for everyone not for Margo robbie said can it we talk for everybody, about but then i was like can we talk about some jokes that were made yeah what's up can we talk about the final joke the final joke how did it land for you you're gonna have to run it back brian <laughs> i have to okay Barbie is coming up in her Chevy car that we see throughout the whole movie. Shout out Chevy throughout Barbie. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> um, Shout out. We don't – th- okay. At w- the very end, I think she's going in for a job interview or yeah! her first day of a job, and I thought it was going to be Mattel. Okay. You're going to make me say it. Okay. The, the, I know <laughs> what you're talking about now. Okay. Uh, did the joke land for you? No it didn't no oh i i I thought it was hilarious but i do have
2: what where she was
0: like i'm I'm here for my first guy college
2: oh yeah i laughed yeah i thought a good
0: five minutes but then i started questioning some things why (laughs) (laughs) i'm a big fan of the show cheers and so Rhea perlman popping up as the original barbie creator was kind of wild yeah is she god I want <laughs> to think so. And, and the Barbie and the Lego movie are the same movie. Will Ferrell, <laughs> yeah. it's you he's know. president of business. Oh my god. Yeah, and then in the movie he was uh, like, what are some other like, oh man, I wish the, there was so many different uh gaming things that they mentioned there was Rock and Soccer robots. I feel like the Magic Eight Ball would be a great horror film though. Oh. Like, I, I didn't horror, think about it as like a horror let's movie. Let's think of it as like the Magic Conch from SpongeBob. Yeah. Like, you have to listen to the Magic 8-Ball or i will find
1: you. That would be uh,
0: <laughs> so cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But anyway, back to Oppenheimer real quick. Because, again, I want to keep this. Because I, I, I asked for 10 minutes and now we're over 10 no, minutes. So cool. now I just feel rude. But oh. anyway, um, Christopher Nolan, I think the only – the biggest criticism I have with Oppenheimer is I don't think the way he storytells works 100% of the time. It jumps around a lot. It jumps around a lot, and I get confused. I understand the color in the black and white. Yes, not so not as yeah. much confusing as with Asteroid City at first. Yeah, but uh, but um, this one I got pretty well. But Robert Downey, best supporting actor, man. He's got. Where, up where there? does Gosling go? Best supporting <laughs> can, actor. Can we have well, two? No. He's got a run. Okay. <laughs> Every Gosling's gotta win. V- Gosling will. V- oh, man. They have to make it seem like RDJ is gonna win, and then Gosling just steps up there, this and w- then in the mic says, You are Knuff. And then walks <laughs> off. I'm glad the Academy found me Knuff to be honored <laughs> with this reward. I didn't know I would have the energy to be on this stage. <laughs> and with- if you are confused, <laughs> so am I. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> But, um... Oh, my gosh. I don't know who I want to win more now, because Robert Downey Jr. He was phenomenal. He's... Unru- the, the There's going to be... This is... The Academy Awards are... Past Lives is also one of those, like, yeah. hidden gems of this mm. year. But I think, like... Barbenheimer was special. I don't think really special. I don't think we'll have an experience like this in a long time. Yeah. I don't know how... Maybe it's social media that well, got was, people excited. Yeah, I was telling her earlier. I was like, "Well, because of Barbenheimer, I wonder if movies are going to start being released on the same day." That's like, like you know what I mean? To make it like a trend, almost. How many times have we seen a movie that was released this was going to be released the same day as like a Batman film or a Marvel film, and they're like, "We're out of Dodge now. We're going two weeks later or right. two weeks earlier." Yeah, it happens too often. But if we make if people get behind this weird like. In my introduction to this thing, I talked about how this was these were like classics before they were released. Yeah. Like I uh, watching the trailers, like the tra- the second the trailers released, the second the release yeah, dates were announced, really the know. people were like, "What?" And then the memes, like and then the memes, the memes. I you know how many extreme goths come in here to see Barbie? <laughs> it's like an extreme. It's a thing. I've that. seen a few. I've seen so many people white, God, ghost white and black. Doll.
2: Yeah. What What was that? Trad goth. Is
0: that what it's called? Yeah. Trad goths. Well, now I know. I never knew there was a term. I just called <laughs> I them extreme goths. It. Yeah, but dude. The, trad the goths little, for days. who came in with her whole face painted. I was like, whoa. And it, 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 I'm not judging lifestyles. But it's either. like it's. The, the, I'm seeing real life memes. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm still working on the VHS cover because I feel like I have to take this one seriously. Oh Like my I'm not god, even dude, adding yeah. my face to anyone in, in this one. I know you're gonna do great with it. Oh god. I have so far. I well, you'll see. I don't want to say anything. Yeah, don't spoil pod. it. I don't want to say. I mean, <laughs> even though it'll be on the pod, I don't want to spoil it on the pod. Uh, but God, okay. What are what you saw Oppenheimer, right? You no, I no, don't. you didn't see Oppenheimer. Okay, I so, know. I, I got that's take her. okay. That's okay take her. because as weird as it sounds, this was a weird weekend for the girls or the boys. Mm-hmm. But I I Barbie, as I was saying earlier, before I, of course, lost my tangent of thought. Um, it was. It's just one of those. Movies. My daughter wants to see it. She's yeah? five, uh, about to be six. Um, my my other one turns two tomorrow. Oh, but, uh, happy I, birthday to Brian's daughter! Right? I know, right, Ramona, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, well, Sarah. Name. I know she's named after Ramona Flowers. It's not she gonna lie. Yeah. yeah, isn't that so I, cool? Yeah. I, I I'm obsessed with uh Michael Sarah one of my favorite people, and I love that movie. So but, good. um I'm just dying. I I just I couldn't get enough of like. There was only a certain way this movie could work, and it was Margot Robbie. But then, you know the story of how he agreed to Ken by chance. Was it something? Oh, okay. I I I, I heard of it, but it's, it's slipping. Okay, I heard um, it in the. His daughter had a Barbie or a Ken doll, and it was face down in some like water next yeah. to an old lemon. And he, he texted Gerwig saying, "I'm in. His I'm story in. must be told," <laughs> and. I think after I read that, I was like, I thought about his performance. I was like, that's one hundred percent true. That was a man who saw a Ken doll with an old lemon in the water. It was like this guy's been through. <laughs> this guy's been, through, He's it been all. through it all. You can only, you which know? is weird because like his daughter was making the weird Ken, <laughs> yeah, he like was the weird Barbie. I would have loved <laughs> to have seen a weird Ken, and it would have you know it would have been great. Chris Hemsworth as the weird Ken. If you have Kate McKinnon <laughs> as the weird Barbie, like how great was. Kate McKinnon she was great I was yeah I, you could not have picked a better ba- <laughs> I love when she scares her and she's like oh no it's okay yeah. I kind of set myself up for that one <laughs> <laughs> I feel I think I have this weird I've always had a crush on Kate McKinnon and really? yeah I just I don't I think it's funny women yeah. <laughs> but she i think she's beautiful so even right, as weird Brian. barbie i'm just like i'd yeah. be weird kid for weird barbie <laughs> any day come on, come on i love that there's all the discontinued barbies and alan knows like <laughs> yeah i just can't get over that scene with the wall and him just fighting all the men wasn't that, that great dude right? Just... He's like stay in the car like <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay in the car and he's like hey guys and then like when he's done he's choking out the one. He's like do you want some more Alan? You want some more Allen.
1: And then Midge for... we
0: get like two instances of Midge the pregnant Barfi doll yeah, that was discontinued. Uh... And then it was a bold choice to do 2001 as the opening but bold it worked it did work worked man. it did i'm trying to go through this quickly because i feel like i'm holding you guys up real quick i, I go, liked when like the little yeah. girl like trying to stuff her and i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool <laughs> and then the one with the gla- the one with the glasses stole that scene oh yeah <laughs> she was the best the... one oh, yeah it oh, breaks the bar oh, the one tall yeah, and then the, the, the dink but it was just the i'm I upset we didn't see more of variant barbies of margot robbie Because with Dua Lipa as Mermaid Barbie, Mm -hmm. we see three of her. Right. (laughs) Why can't we get more of like the Margot Robbie variant? Okay, Oppenheimer is very heavy on the like. Oh my God, that guy. Oh my God, this person. Oh my God, that person. Drake and Josh. <laughs> he found a way. He, he directed, found a way. He, he, he directed Good Time. <laughs> he said, if I can't have Barbie, no one can. <laughs> or, no, not Barbie crap. Oprah, oh, no oh, one oh, can. Okay. Boop. <laughs> he presses the button. He destroyed the it's world. nuclear. I nuclear. Cannot, so, okay. I'm going to kick out about Oppenheimer for like 10 more seconds here. But like around the play, around my like regular job. We always go, we now say for anything like, eh, nearly zero. Mm. And they're not absolutely, why not zero? And it's like, what do you expect from theory alone? And like, right. that's, we just say that now. It's in the zeitgeist. Like, right, good shit. Right, Maroki? <laughs> All this shit. We, Oppenheimer was good shit. Right, Maroki? was good shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, well, the music, like the score. I, Holy shit. Remember how I said, I'm going to forget your name. Jaina, Jaina, Taina, Taya, Taya. Oh, I was kidding there. Oh, I felt so bad. You should try spelling it, Brian. T a y a. Okay, no, we won't do that. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I want to hear. Let's hear more. Are you? Do you want to be on this? I free I, I didn't even ask if you. Okay, what are your thoughts overall of the movie? Like, I do a five star system, but mine's really weird. But out of five, what would you give it?
2: Um. I typically rate things out of
0: ten. Okay, well you do ten then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then
2: I give it a, a nine
0: out of ten. A nine out of ten—that's bold, but I—I I respect it. I go, I dig it. I gave it an eight. An eight? Okay. I—I I was leaning like when I first saw it, seven point five, but then, which is, I know is like a weird rating. But if we want to do the five star system, um, well, I that's, that's it, just like, a, how I do it on Letterboxd. Yeah, yeah, I did the I did um the four. Or like the three point five. I've been now flirting with four and a four and a half. Yeah, which would be roughly like a nine or a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. So roughly like averaging you two out. Yeah. Cause um. I first gave it like a seven point five, and then now I was just like, I was a denied, little harsh man. on it, and then I saw <laughs> I saw so many man chilled man child whining about the movie, and I was just like, yeah. and I was just like, okay, this is. Greta Gerwig's it's a Barbie. Movie. <laughs> and I'm like, you've seen Little Women. Ladybird, right? It was it's, nominated for an Academy yeah. Award. Like, this is her This is her niche. I was just don't tell that before we came Are here. Are you I a Greta Gerwig like, fan? Does this make, or if not, does this make you want to go see more? Yeah, uh, it does. Okay. Honestly,
2: my, like, overall opinion on it, like, on this movie alone, is just that, like, it's exactly what I wanted to see when okay. a Barbie mo- movie was announced. Like, I. I wouldn't want it any
0: different. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm the youngest of three kids and my oldest is a a sister. I was going to say a girl, but I was a sister it's just a girl. made yeah, well I get right, yeah. anyway. She had Barbies and so like being mm-hmm. the third, I had Ghostbuster toys, I had Barbie toys, I had GI Joes, had I too. had but I had all the cool cars too. Yeah. When that I got a little geeked out when the ambulance pulled up. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're telling up. me that you remember. That I your remembered it because my sister had that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It was such a weird little flashback. because yeah. my Joe's needed to, your, the, your Joe's <laughs> needed my an Joe's needed something, <laughs> uh, like you know, like this one his like putting off or something. Yeah. Now, Now um, I would always get in trouble mm-hmm. because guys weren't allowed to play with Barbies. My mom like got me Ken dolls weirdly, but I was like, "This okay. isn't a Joe." I got mad right. when the kids didn't have like. But then, like, uh, she would get me Joes, but then, like, Barbies on the side. But right. then it felt weird having the Barbies after a while. The I grew bar- out of it eventually, yeah, clearly. naturally. But, but it was like, that's what I grew up on. So, yeah, man. But they did so well. Like, the Barbie dream. It was cool that mm-hmm. everything was built. And just, like, now, they they took a lot of, like, we, we talked about the musical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of like just it, like even like with the traveling like yeah! you got to go forward you have to go backwards kind yeah. of thing. And I love that when Will Farrell goes when he hears about the skating he goes ah that's always the first stage <laughs> like it's just well known yeah <laughs> it's just well known to him or like um, um I really liked how like when she was like in the shower no water was coming out because yeah! it's like you're playing yeah. with the Barbie or,
2: oh my god I, I told you that like I felt like memories flooding when i saw her open the fridge and there was like the toy like milk because i yes. remember stocking my barbie fridge with little like
0: and i liked that it was like it was an open cont- carton like it always was and then, then like nothing she came out nothing came out and and then with the the shower oh <laughs> it was like yeah. oh my god it's so perfect and then uh when she floats down instead of like walking yeah. cuz that's how barbie's traveled and it's like oh, that makes sense that makes sense it was it, it did you mentioned the Lego movie, yeah, and that's the greatest comparison probably because it was meta. <laughs> it, it was, and this movie's meta. It knows it that, and the explanation of so is Barbie man, Bland like in our imagination, but in a fan, yes, yes, okay, <laughs> okay <laughs> like yeah. that's all we need to that's know. It's it's perfect. It that's is. all you need to know. It's sort of like uh, like Themistocles and uh, the Wonder Woman stuff and all mm-hmm. that. It's like yeah. it exists. That's all we need to know. Um, but God, um, yeah, and dude, true. Oppenheimer, Barbie's just way better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I that I can I can never say Barbie's better than Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer I was I, I would, better. I would, I, but that's just personal taste. Oh, if, no, if there I are it people going to because yeah. I have now listened to uh, I mentioned the rewatchables but, and they have like uh, this uh, this other podcast called the Rewatch or whatever, um, and I listened to their whole breakdown in Greta Gerwig's and. I have some thoughts that I'll probably get into later, but right now I'm going to let you guys go because I've held you guys over 12 minutes and I feel bad now, but, (laughs) but I thank you guys for joining (laughs) and I enjoy the insight and And uh, always come on here when you want me to man, I love you and I will (laughs) push you around (laughs) and I will, will. you want to get some horses?
2: Let's get some horses.
0: <laughs> okay, real fast before we cut it out. I just love that patriarchy. He got confused, thought <laughs> was, <laughs> was the horses. When I that was my favorite. Weren't the leaders of the patriarchy? I honestly, just didn't want it. I just didn't, did, I I just didn't, didn't care anymore. anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys, and you enjoy your uh, evening. And thank yeah. you again. Bye. Bye. I want to thank Joey and Taya for being onto the podcast. Uh, we mostly talked about the Barbie movie on, on their end of things. And since we're kind of still in the Barbie movie, um, I just wanted to read off some of the best quotes from the movie. Um, uh, Joey mentioned one that uh, Ken says, but he uh, the quote reads, When I found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I lost interest anyway. Because uh, Ken's self-discovery is all about him finding out about patriarchy. Um, the next quote is, uh, during the whole Barbie dance thing and they're all like dancing to, I think it's a Dua Lipa song, but she just yells out of nowhere, do you guys ever think about dying? And then, uh, later on, um, later on when there's like the nights winding down, she yells out, thanks guys, I'm definitely not thinking about death anymore. And then she opens up her eyes because definitely thinking about death. Um, (laughs) Um, the next quote is thanks to Barbie, all problems of feminism have been solved, and this is comes at the very uh, beginning of the movie, um. And um, it's said by the narrator, and this is where I think like Greta Gerwig, um, with the the feminine the feminist jokes were more quick and like they're not really subtle. I mean, she says feminism, but they were more quick, and it just it fit the tone of the story better until as uh me and Tay were talking about the the America Fiera speech scene, which it is a powerful speech and I get how people are moved by it, but I do think everything after her first initial speech kind of goes off the rails a little bit um in terms of the message. I don't know. It could be just me though. Um but then a counterculture or counter Thing of that is when Barbie meets America Fair's uh, daughter, who, uh, uh, Sasha, who is played by um, Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, she says that you've been making women feel bad about themselves since you were inv- invented. Because the Barbie movie was pretty much, from my understanding, it was written to appease the Barbie fans as much as it was to appease the Barbie haters. So I thought that was... Um, and then, but America Fear does say something to, um, when she's, um, trying to explain things to Barbie, she says, um, cause Barbie's terrified of change. She said, that's life. It's all change and couldn't have been spoken more word, uh, or more true. Um, and then Rhea Perlman plays like the ghost of, uh, Ruth Handler, and um or i think she's supposed to be a ghost i don't know they don't explain but um she says we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back and see how far they have come and um i know i'm a dad but uh i still think that was just a beautiful one off line a beautiful thing to say in the movie um and then another thing she says she says that humans only have one ending but ideas live forever And then, um, the, the number one voted speech on this list that I found is one that we talked about with the, uh, the park bench scene in the park and yeah. And, uh, where she is standing or sitting across from, uh, someone who is played by Anne Roth, who is the daughter of, um, of the original Barbie creator. And she Barbie's just smiling at her, and she says, "You're beautiful," and then the woman instantly replies with, "I know," and they just start laughing and smiling at each other. It's a really beautiful moment, and it shows a lot of the um um just uh it just shows a lot of this different side of humanity and the ideas of beauty and what we find. And how she's kind of opening up to this new world she's discovering and how she's bringing it in. Um, And that's it for that list of quotes. Another thing I wanted to mention before we get into our next uh, interview here, which I'm not too sure um, I missed Brock. In fact, I'm actually recording this a few days after because I do have some news. Um, As I was recording this, I just felt the need to hop on the podcast. I'm actually going to open up Facebook because that is where... I saw the information and, uh, of course it loaded, but from, let me see if I screenshotted it or saved it, but it has been reported now that Barbie actually, you know what? I have my computer in front of me. I'm just going to do Barbie box office. And currently as it stands, uh, Barbie has made, okay, here it is. Uh, barbie poised to cross 700 million globally through the second weekend and oppenheimer is now closing in on 400 million which that's still impressive but um it has been reported it was about 30 40 minutes ago that barbie has in fact crossed the 700 million dollar mark and it is currently it's going to be a billion dollar movie um it's getting closer though. It, um, just a day ago, um, had over 580 million. So after, uh, this weekend that we are on right now, it it has now officially made over 700 million. Um, and then, uh, Oppenheimer, which I want to talk more about here with this next interview. Um, it's closing in on $400 million. It's okay the point of this episode yes we're talking about barbie and oppenheimer at the same time but like this is a true theatrical phenomenon happening it's it's tom brady winning seven Super Bowls. it is it's watching the cubs win the world series it's watching it's it's a phenomenon essentially um and it might be the last phenomenon we get for a while because on top of barbie and oppenheimer clearly just making bank um a lot of films are being delayed like recently it was an, um, the most recent one i can think of off the top of my head is craven um the hunter uh it is now being delayed a year oh and of course the ghostbusters afterlife sequel which that was a bummer but it kind of has a more historical significance in the terms of the history of ghostbusters with it so i'm fine with that but um Man, okay, this, like I said, this is the Barbenheimer episode because there hasn't been something this huge in film and movies in so long. Um, Probably, like, the last big event was Endgame, but even with Endgame, like, that was, like, a significant end of an era. But this is just too very, like, Barbie's probably more than likely going to get a sequel – um but oppenheimer is a one off kind of movie barbie should be one off movie i don't know how they would do a sequel but you know i didn't know how they were going to do this movie and so but man it's uh, the, i want to say it was twitter i want to say it was the social media it's it became a you know what i think i heard someone say it best it was one of those things where it's like you don't want to be the one missing out on this. Uh, I think it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, I think that's what really came down because like even my like me and my sister, we're we're not like distant or anything, but we don't usually talk like a whole lot. But when she called me up just to talk about Barbie and I was really surprised by that because as I was stating, um... There was a lot of things I remember seeing that she had, and that was, like, the thing. Like, she called up and she's like, I remember having this and this and this. So, it's, it's a big... Barbie is a huge IP already. It's been around for decades now. Um, my daughter still wants to see it. Um, I don't know if this is a movie for our kids, but I feel like it could be one of those movies where you could still take kids and maybe those jokes just go over their head or something. Um, but, yeah, I, like... We've talked a lot about Barbie, but I really, really am ready to talk about Oppenheimer some. Um, This next interview, um, I'm not sure who it is with yet. Uh, As I said, this is being recorded a whole new way. I'm kind of just blindly inviting people onto the podcast. But yeah, let's get into our next one. Let's get more into Oppenheimer, though, for sure. All right, welcome to another random interview for this Barbenheimer podcast. And a little surprise for you folks, we do actually have co-host extraordinaire Cody with us. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hey. I, I said in the beginning that we wouldn't sadly have you on this podcast, but but that has now changed. Now, you technically haven't seen Barbie nor Oppenheimer, but you have seen parts of Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. specifically the explosion, Mm -hmm. the bomb. Now you didn't get to experience the tension the first time, like, like I did that part where he's about to push that button, you know, Josh from Drake and Josh. Um, hold on. I gotta make sure that, okay. Uh, Megan, that (laughs) he has to do it for Oprah. Um, the, Amount of in, I have never felt like such an intense moment from a moment I know was going to happen. But then sitting in that theater, there was a part of me that said, Wait a second, what if the bomb doesn't go off? As if this isn't recorded history that has already happened. Somehow, Nolan makes you forget that. He gives you this suspense as if you have no idea what's about to happen. Now, full disclosure. I knew nothing about John Robert Oppenheimer besides he was the f- creator of the atom bomb and worked on the Manhattan project. That's where it begins, that's where it ends. Now, obviously you've seen the crowds for these movies. This episode it, it is one part reviewing these movies, but another one's just talking about we we this is actually going to be released after the second weekend of Barbenheimer because it just went through the top 10 weekend again. It just topped the box office again. Um, before I brought you in for this interview, um, it has now grossed um, almost $700 million, I think I read. Uh, I have no idea. Barbie. And Oppenheimer is close to $500 million now. But they both took uh, spots number one and two, of course. And... Like what's going to happen to movies is my next question with you because what one of the things you mostly know about is that movies are being canceled a mm-hmm. lot right, or not canceled they're being moved to next year, so like Craven, Craven, uh, and the newest Ghostbusters that one,
1: ready to cross the one billion mark. Who is Barbie? Barbie,
0: it's already getting that close. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I I I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast. It's going to be a billion-dollar movie, and it very well might be in less than a month. It's making—it's doing Avatar—well, I can't say Avatar numbers because that movie made $2 billion in, like, a month. Um,
1: Over blue people. Over
0: blue people. So, okay, what have—let's start off with what have you seen of Oppenheimer? Like, you've stood in it a few times, right? I've seen them testing the bomb. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And then, towards the end, the interrogations, the trials, and then um, what's his name? He came onto trial and basically blew Robert Downey Jr.'s cover, and
0: oh uh Remy Millek. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because what you don't know is his character. that is the most lines he gets through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. It was like Christopher Nolan said, "Now, listen to me." Your purpose in this movie. Every time we see you for like maybe five minutes, you're going to be pushed around by people. You're going to get clipboards knocked out of your hands constantly. And then at the end, you think he's about to like rip Oppenheimer a new one because he's like, "Oh, finally, I can get I back at this guy."
1: On Robert Downey Jr.'s face, he thought he had it.
0: Oh yeah, he Robert Downey Jr. got real uh, cocky at the end. But what a what a great performance though. Like this is a guy who he's been talking recently about how he feels. Um, he feels that he kind of forgot how to act after playing Iron Man for so long.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, and so what a what a movie though! Like to come out of like that funk with like he might get the Oscar
1: because in the Judge he kind of played another Tony Stark esque
0: and that's all his sherlock holmes is 18th century uh 18th century tony stark mm-hmm. like he's smart quick i mean yeah whatever but anyway so um interestingly enough though ryan gosling might be a runner too he is great as ken i know you haven't seen the movie but he's i know me. and that's fine that's fine i'm not saying you have to i'm saying it is an experience it is a phenomenon right now but uh, we are staying on Oppenheimer. Um, so there are a lot of people there are a lot of people giving the last so I was thinking about this. The testing of the atom bomb comes directly in the middle of the three-hour runtime, pretty much. And I think that is actually like the most pivotal point that you could tell Oppenheimer's story. Because, really, we get, even though it's kind of like a, almost a nonlinear storytelling, because the ending, I'm a little fuzzy when that takes place. I know it obviously happens before the atom bomb, but at the same time, I'm not sure how far ahead of the atom bomb. Because they're in Los Alamos for years. Um, but... Um, So, because the movie isn't called um, Atom Bomb, or A-Bomb, or Hydrogen Bomb, or whatever you want to fucking call it. It's called Oppenheimer. So, it's about him at a certain point in his life. Well, it's all surrounding his work in Los Alamos. Now, I think, as I was saying earlier to uh, Caden, actually, I was telling him about how, like, I really feel like... Um, we don't get movies anymore. Like, we, every movie we get is a superhero movie.
1: That's what the it, it, that's, demographic it, crowd likes.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, Oppenheimer is a movie about guys in rooms talking. And somehow, as I was saying, Nolan figured out a way to make it, like, he brought this intensity and, like, suspense to it. And just, like, everything is interesting. And it's... I feel like he's almost at the top. Now, this isn't my top-ranked movie of his. I'm going to just full disclosure. Um, if you follow our Instagram account, um, you will know that I think probably Incep- Inception or Interstellar is his best movie, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people say The Dark Knight, which is fine. That's a comic I, that's, book, though. It is a comic book movie, but...
1: And even the dark, the, like, the second Dark Knight's the best.
0: That's, that's yeah, The Dark Knight. <laughs> so that's the other uh, that wait.
1: But isn't there another part after the-
0: There's Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Dark Knight Returns has Bane, The Dark Knight has the Joker, and then
1: But it's all comic book based, so it, it it's com- it's
0: comic book, but Nolan still kinda made these movies those movies his own. Because I feel like the, a small bit of Man of Steel was supposed to have that tone, but you can't do the realism with someone who actually has superpowers. That's the issue. Um, but Ben Affleck works in the Snyderverse, and we won't get into that right now, but it should be restored. Um, Warner Brothers
1: won't
0: do it. Uh, Nolan would love it. Um, Warner
1: Brothers is trash.
0: They really are. They, they, The Flash, come on. We got. We'll have a Flash episode. It's going to be 20 Don't minutes of us just trashing the Flash. It's
1: but like anyway. they're making the audience, they're giving the audience a movie that they, they're like, oh, they're basically treating the audience like they're dumb.
0: And they have no fucking desire. They don't care about what the audience wants or what they expect. They have zero. Anyway, let's stay on Oppenheimer. So, okay, the testing of the bomb. It's kind of funny watching that scene now in our knowledge of what happens after an atom bomb explodes. And, of course, they take the proper precautions. They they are a far distance away. By the way, I did see the footage of the actual test. It's kind of cool to see, but obviously it's really old. They do so stuff it's stuff
1: in the sea now.
0: Well, yeah, because, you know...
1: Killing all these fish.
0: <laughs> Somebody has to. Um, I'm kidding. But anyway, uh, Leo's going to hate me now. But, um... That scene, though, we get Jack Quaid. By the way, can we just, like, talk about some of the stars of this movie?
1: Matt Damon, Josh Peck.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, Killian Murphy. Let's put some respect on him because he's going to win the Oscar.
1: Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey
0: Jr., Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, um, Remy Malik, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett's fantastic in this. I can't think of his name. The guy who played Bernard in the Santa Claus, he's in it, and he's wonderful. He could be even nominated for Who's best. The Sporting. dude who
1: played the scarecrow. Killian Murphy. No, no, no. The other psychopath. In Dark Knight Begin or in The Dark Knight Begins, he's been in almost every single movie with.
0: The one from Peaky Blinders.
1: I don't know if he was in Peaky Blinders.
0: What other psychopath are you talking about? He was in. Batman Begins.
1: He was in pretty much all the Batmans. He's a side character.
0: He's crazy. Are you sure it's not Killian Murphy, the, the star no, of Oppenheimer? He was one, he who was pl-
1: one of the patients. He, he was in Dark Knight.
0: Oh, no, I know who you're talking about. And he was one he, of the he, police officers. He was the police officer who failed to... Well, he was like a lackey of the Jokers. Yeah. I don't remember him in Batman Begins. I just remember him in The Dark Knight. But he is in a lot of Nolan what movies. Is his? He plays Batman. a... He plays someone who's like a... Pretty much a communist hunter. Yeah. And he, like, writes up a report against uh, Oppenheimer saying he's, like, this big communist and whatever. Which turns out not to be true. Um, Gary Old. Gary Oldman's in it. Dude, like, you can... This movie and Barbie are filled with, like, people... Like, are you looking up Oppenheimer right now?
1: Mm, no, I'm looking up the guy who was...
0: Okay, let me just... I'll rifle off the names of both movies. I wasn't
1: even on the act- actors.
0: That's fine. Barbie, Barbie Okay, so... This is the stars. I'm not even going to go to IMDb. I'm just going to stick to the cast. Um, I will mess up some names because I'm notoriously bad. Uh, of course, Barbie stars Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell, Emma Mackey, uh, Sim Lee or Sim Liu, I can't, I can't remember the pronunciation at the moment, uh, Michael Sarah, Kate McKinnon, um, who else, America Fiera, yeah, that's uh, oh, David Desma, <laughs> Colin, Matt, oh my god, you know I'm bad with names, uh, <laughs> America Fiera, Harry Neff, uh, Isa Rae, uh, Ariana Is that Greenblatt, that uh, Emerald Fennell, uh, Alexandria Shipp, Nikati Gadawa, uh, R- Rhea Perlman, Kingsley Ben-Adir, uh, Connor Swindles, uh, Sharon Rooney, Nicola Coughlin, Scott Evans, Ritua Aria, uh, Jamie Dimitrio, Dua Lipa, Anna Cruz-Kanye, uh, Luke Marnier, uh, that is not how I said it, John Cena, and Helen Lynn Mirren is the narrator. And then we hop over to the uh Oppenheimer one which okay Barbie has like the fun cameos a lot of big names a lot of like it's a it's a millennial movie let's be let's be real here Barbie is a millennial movie um it's made as much as it's made for the audience of the people who love Barbie it definitely goes
1: John Cena wasn't even supposed to be in it
0: he's what he's a merman Yeah but he wasn't
1: supposed to be in it Margot Robbie met him or ran into him in London, and she's a big fan apparently. And she's like, hey. "Who isn't?" <laughs> she's like, "Hey, uh, we have an, uh, a part for a merman. Do you want to? It's a cameo. Do you want to be in it?" And he was like, "Sure."
0: No, that that's fine, man. He agreed to it. <laughs> hey, dude, the, He's a that legend. Was after
1: they started filming,
0: I feel like he's one of the like coolest dudes you could run into. To be honest,
1: he probably didn't even know who she was.
0: He knows. It's Margot Robbie. Let's not downplay Margot Robbie here. Okay, John so... John his top tier. So here... <laughs> here's the cast of Oppenheimer. Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Remy Malek, Jack Quaid, Devin Bostic, Matt Damon, Josh Peck, Josh Hartnett, Tom Conti... Um, I probably fucked that name up. Uh, David Dost-Malakin, McCollin, uh, Emma Dermont, Dumont... Uh, Mathis Schwenho- Schwanger, Schwang. oh, fuck it, <laughs> Gary Oldman, I'm terrible with names, it's notorious, I don't mean to be, I just suck, uh, Dylan Arnold, Casey Affleck, uh, Dan DeHaan, dude, Casey Affleck is, like, scary good in the movie, what too, he, he, he plays it? this, like, crazy super soldier-esque dude, but he, like, he pulls it off well, probably because he might was be crazy, it,
1: uh, is it Dane,
0: Dan DeHaan? Yeah,
1: wasn't he? Uh, he was Green, Green Goblin, Goblin. Yeah. yeah.
0: Harry, yeah. Um, then we got, oh God, Benny Safdie, Alex Wolf, yeah. Gustav Skarsgård, Kenneth Branagh, him from
1: the Boston Marathon movie. God, <laughs>
0: uh, Jason Clarke, Michael and and Gar Angarano, Olivia Thurberly, Thir- <laughs> <laughs> Alden Enrich James Darcy, Matthew Modane... David Crumholtz, that's Bernard. Um, Tony Goldwyn, Scott Grimes, Robert Pugh, uh, Louise Lomond, Danny Defari. Uh, these are more like uh, Jefferson Hall, uh, D- Josh Zuckerman. I haven't seen him in years, but there's so many. I can honestly just keep going. Like this list goes on and on How and on. I pay all
1: these motherfuckers?
0: I, it's, it, you know what? Nolan's one of those names in Hollywood now that I think actors will literally line up to um, just work with him. But, okay, let me get a little more serious about this review here because we are at 8% already on the battery.
1: You know, they should have had Tom Hardy in this.
0: I was going to say, like, we got to do some casting what-ifs at least because we haven't talked to – there wasn't a lot of what-ifs. I did the what-ifs first as usual. There, uh, Sam Mendes was attached to the project. He did The Kingdom instead, or uh, no, no, uh, Revolutionary Road with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Um, How
1: great would this movie be if Leo and Tom Hardy were in it? I
0: don't want re- to. I don't want to replace. No, I think you could easily. I think Leo as someone who's like an environmentalist scientist. Would have been like a really fun tongue in cheek kind of thing because he's such an environmentalist in real life.
1: His role is uh, Hoover.
0: Hoover's not in the movie.
1: I know, but if they made him a part, they. I guess so. But that was a Clint Eastwood.
0: I mean, but that was the Eastwood movie, and that movie wasn't good. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Tom Hardy, though, I think would have been great. Okay, Casey Affleck's role, that would have been the role for Tom Hardy if Casey Affleck didn't do it, but. Okay, for starters, Casey Affleck, probably the most recognizable voice out there in Hollywood right now. He has kind of that raspy voice, and you could tell he, he doesn't probably, sound Boston. No, he he definitely has a Boston accent. It's just he has that raspy. T- I I can't do it, obviously, but he, like he doesn't sound like Ben, and that's okay. But um,
1: <laughs> it looks like he. Or, I feel like Ben has Asperger's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, why, why, come on, come on, gotta flag that. Uh, he plays a guy. I know I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, pro- I won't erase it, it's not, it's just, ah. Anyway, um, so let me let me just say my piece, because I I, I I hate that I didn't charge my phone before this, because I miss potting with you, it's been too long. Um, for starters, this is a movie you'll love. I know you, and even though it's a lot of guys standing around talking, you'll find this interesting, and you'll get into it easily. Um, I feel like Christopher Nolan is – maybe it's because he's working with things that have happened. He has more of a blueprint than he usually does, Mm -hmm. but it does feel like this movie is a little more planned, a little more – there was a more thought with how the direction of it would go. Now, since it is a biography, um, that he did have to stay in a certain lane with things. Now, he does mess with time. He does do a lot of time jumping. Um, I know one of his favorite movies is JFK. I think it's, a, it's said to be an inspiration to this. And you can see there's a lot of JFK inspiration, especially mention- towards the end. Yeah, they even mentioned. They do the uh, senator out of Massachusetts blocked you. <laughs> How great would it have been to get like an actor coming in there? I fucking blocked you. I'll fucking do it again. You come he around went to here. You can, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> It's not what you can do for your country. It's what your country can do for you. Or no, not what you can do. Uh, fuck it. Uh, I already fucked Ask it up. Ask not. Ask you, not what your country, country can do, can do for, for you, but what you can do for your country. Or some shit like that. Yes. My Mrs. Smith is going to be rather upset with me, uh, <laughs> but that was my uh, that was my Feeny. I had her every single year of high school, um, but this takes what I think history movies needs. That was weird, <laughs> but uh, I think history movies could take a lot from how he purchased things now. There are some weird things that happen. Um, Florence Pugh's... uh, Nolan's notoriously bad about writing female characters. Florence Pugh's character, 90% of this movie that she's seen, is naked for no reason. Other than, like, there's a weird-ass sex scene where they're, like, having sex and she stops to grab a book. And then they proceed to have sex while he reads from it. And that's where we get the line of, I am death, the destroyer of... I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. Um... Now I get it.
1: I want to know what this girl looked like in real life.
0: I I mean you can look. Now I'm gonna actually mention something because I think there's an idea floated around with her. Um, her character in the movie commits suicide after Oppenheimer like breaks up with her for good. Now there is a segment though of when they're showing and depicting the suicide where they they show her dunking her head and drowning herself in the bathtub. However, when we see clips of it, because they cut back and forth to it, there's moments where... There's moments where... um.
1: You want to know how she died in real life?
0: Does it say... Mm-hmm. Oh, What does that say? Because I'll tell you what the movie does. Suicide. So the, that's a suicide. Now, I wonder if there is theories out there of what happened to her, because... In the scene, there's a part where her head's underwater, and they show, like, like maybe three-quarter three quarter view, I would say. And there is clearly a black-gloved hand holding her head underwater.
1: She died in 1944.
0: 1944, yeah. Uh, I think right before the testing. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's an intriguing part, because he's, like, ready to give up and everything when he finds out, because he blames himself for the suicide. Oh, come on. <laughs> um but uh we gotta wrap this up. But um Hmm <sighs> I hate that I'm at four percent because I really want to just talk about this movie. Um But I, I don't want to ruin anything for you at the same time, even though it's history, it's already happened. But I do think that that theory that because she was associated with the Communist Party, because she was t- had ties with Oppenheimer, who was kind of like, you know, he was, as they say, he was very important at this time in history of the world and history of science. But, yeah, I, I don't – I we got to cut this short, sadly. But um, before we do, let's mention that we will be having regular episodes again after Barbenheimer. Um, what episode do you want to do? I've, we've been throwing a lot of movies out recently, because I know we have, we've we rewatched Batman, I know we talked about, uh, Hot Fuzz, and Happy Gilmore, and, what is it, The Town? There's a lot of movies we could do. I'm
1: trying to think of that movie that Ben Affleck was in where he had Asperger's.
0: The Accountant? Yes. We could do that.
1: Cause it, uh, it, cause in that movie he, they almost make him sound like a guy who had very big morals and only killed people who, like in the scene where they're in the hallway and he was like, "Are you a good dad?" And he's like, "That's the only good thing I've ever like been," and he just leaves him there, doesn't touch him.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, like.
1: But he kills every single other person. In and he's that fucking ability.
0: dude. He's worth. He's not worthless. Uh, ruthless. That's oh, the word. I mean, ruthless. And when, in when that.
1: he wraps that guy's oh. neck around with the rope oh. or his belt and then drapes his leg. Oh God,
0: dude. Okay, but yeah, we'll do that. We'll probably do that next. All right. Um, yeah, I might. We. I might get a couple more interviews in, but uh, if not, you will definitely hear back from us the accountant uh thank you cody for even though we were a little limited i still always appreciated to have you on the pod so it's been really interesting um doing the podcast this way but i think we will wrap up this episode because i do in the future want to do an individual barbie podcast and then an individual oppenheimer podcast so um but yeah like i kind of enjoyed how it's taken me a bit of a week to record all this because i've been able to like see how much these two films that have created this viral marketing that's on a completely different level like barbenheimer has just gone through its second weekend and it came on top again um barbie has made over 700 million dollars now i believe and oppenheimer i believe has reached over 500 million um, which is a huge deal for both those films. Um, we even have filmmakers like Francis Ford Coppola commenting on them. Um, he has stated that he has not watched the movie, but the sheer fact that people are going out to see these movies that aren't um, sequels, they're not Marvel movies, they're not DC movies, they're not the uh, you know everything we've been shoveled at for the past 20 years in films, pretty much. Um, and it's been remarkable. Now... Has a little fun bit for you guys. There is a another doubleheader weekend, and a hashtag has been started. If you all haven't fa- uh found out by now, there are two movies coming out in a very soon date. These movies are both Paul Patrol: The Mighty Movie and um Saw X. So, um. Yeah, those movies both come out September twenty ninth, and it is now deemed hashtag Saw Patrol. So get ready for that little weekend. Um, I I think one of those movies will more than likely budge. Um, it probably won't be the Paw Patrol movie because they don't really need actors or anyone to really try to sell that movie. Like they can just run the ads as much as they want. Um, but Saw X is going to take some marketing because I've seen the trailer and I don't think highly of it, but, uh, yeah. So we're going to wrap this up and, um, some quick final words on my thoughts of each movie first with Barbie, um, Barbie, actually the, one thing I want to say about both films is they are both huge achievements in technical, just like set building practical effects um wardrobe everything about both these films and on a technical aspect is amazing the cinematography of both films amazing i believe barbie i don't have the name in front of me but i believe it's a long time uh martin scorsese collaborator i believe who did barbie who i believe did wolf of wall street if my again i don't have the name in front of me i don't have this information this is my memory um but yeah but Barbie, as itself, is a very entertaining film. Um, does it reach the kind of what people would... Co- rec- people consider cinema that Oppenheimer does? Not in that way. But what it does achieve, it does, by far. It, it It is now essentially a totem of, you want to do some sort of IP on a famous toy? Well, here's an idea of how you could go about it. Because... Other people, it would just be a hundred percent. This movie is about Barbie and Barbie Land. There would be no real world. The real world would be Barbie Land. Um, but Margot Robbie and um, and Ryan Gosling both do oh, amazing jobs in both these films. Greta Gerwig, this isn't like anything she's directed before, and she's she's playing a game in Hollywood right now. I mean, she's done the indie stuff and now this is like the okay, I need some the big money now for some other projects. Now she is doing the Nornia series for Netflix. Um so we'll see how that comes out, but yeah, so um Barbie uh much like Oppenheimer huge achievement in techn technical. Um It is funny. There is great emotional impact with the movie, but it's all sold because of Margot Robbie. Um, I will get into more about that movie on an individual Barbie podcast. Uh, For Oppenheimer, again, technical achievements up to Ying Yang because according to Christopher Nolan, there are no shots of CGI, so everything is practical in this movie. And it's... I don't know how to describe it without going into its own podcast right now. But it's he's been making so many great films throughout the years and he de- he takes this chance where he gets kind of out of the action realm and just again this movie is people talking in rooms but he makes it exciting he makes it interesting i knew nothing about john j, Ro- j. robert oppenheimer before this film and i wanted to go learn more about him um i i, I have no opinion if i think the man was good or not i do think Both these stories are very interesting. As Barbie is a uh, movie about one's self-discovery and journey, Oppenheimer is one about man's um, creation and his instant um, regret of it. The the horrors that he sees and what he's made. And it goes with the whole, you know, and I become death, a destroyer of worlds. Because that's how much he... Because... Like I said, i got to give it its own podcast, and I will. um, I'm going to see if I can get my buddy Brandon in on it. Um, I'm actually going to wait to do that until I get to watch it again in full because it is starting to get a little hazy for me. Um, But everything I remember is just – it's fantastic. And once I start talking about it, I remember, but I I need someone with me who has also seen it to kind of bounce back. But – killian murphy does amazing job um if he doesn't win best actor i really don't know who else will and robert dying jr god him and gosling are going to battle it out for that best supporting actor because gosling really puts in like if you see the barbie movie you'll understand and you understand the origin of why he chose to do that movie which i said in this podcast because of the face down in the puddle ken next to the lemon you know inspired him he had to tell that story but yeah, um I think the next podcast Cody wants to do the accountant. I might change that because majority rules. I'm kidding. Uh it'll probably be the accountant, but we are working on doing our first live like live viewing of a movie. Like we're going to sit down and watch the movie together and just comment on it. Um I'll probably have like fun facts to go with it along the way. Uh, but try something new. It will be deemed um, unnecessary commentary because it is meant for you, the viewers, to watch the movie as you listen to the podcast at the same time. Just sort of like when you watch a movie and there you watch it with commentary. I know a lot of people don't do it. That's why it's called unnecessary commentary. Um, but, oh, God, Barbenheimer, what? What a time to be alive if you are a, f- a film fanatic, a n- film nerd, movie nerd, whatever you want to call yourself, um, an, an, an enjoyer of the arts, whatever it is you call yourself when it comes to movies. This was a historical weekend, and I know this is like two weeks out, but man, it, it had to be discussed, and I was so happy and so thrilled to talk about it. I want there's so much more I could say about it, but like I said, i feel that each film deserves its own podcast maybe even towards oscar season once they undoubtedly get nominated for best picture i'm sure both of them will um but yeah um this was bri the movie guy i want to thank everyone who came on to um the podcast and helped uh bring this episode to life and um you can listen to us anywhere you find podcasts and follow us on instagram on facebook it's uh you find us in a world films what if podcast uh thank you for listening uh ciao